2: It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAlees, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim (laughs) McAleese.
0: Good morning, and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Here we are at the end of January, and it's cold and dreary. It was 16 degrees at my place this morning and even chillier because of the wind. This is when the snowbirds head south for the the next few months, but COVID situation has has, uh, altered a lot of plans this year. Now we'll have to be content with memories of the beaches and the warm weather until maybe next year. Just thinking about it should help us escape from the feeling of cabin fever as the days get colder. Now, while we're stuck inside, we can concentrate on our financial plans, things like insurance, retirement, estate planning, and basically what's happening in this turbulent stock market this week. This week, equity markets were generally negative. Um, Markets were weighed down by the highly speculative trading in several companies, such as GameStop, that's a video company. Uh, retailer and AMC Entertainment, which uh, had these uh, movie theaters. So uh, there were a couple other ones too that um, these companies had showed a uh, uh, high uh, short interest rate, uh, high, high, high short interest, and uh, where investors and hedge funds uh, felt that the business environment uh, was such that these companies' stock would take a uh, a hit so they shorted them and basically when I talk about shorting, that means that if a person their company or a hedge fund wants to short uh, a stock, they borrow the stock or they and sell it and then they buy it back at a reduced price, hopefully that they hoping that the uh, stock price will go down so uh, that's the way you make money in shorts, but uh, uh, these um, uh, several companies had been noted for having a lot of interest in their stock from the uh, shorting people. So uh, according to the uh, Wall Street Journal and the Financial Times, over the past two weeks, a growing army of day traders and retail investors have been communicating in a chat room called Wall Street Bets. Wall Street Bets. That's on the, uh, the Reddit message board. And, uh, basically they made a case for using the combined, uh, buying power of the wall street bets community to push up the, uh, beaten down stock of, uh, GameStop and, uh, initiate a process that would propel the prices upward with the aid of, uh, momentum traders at first, and then the hedge, and then the, whoever had shorted them was generally the hedge funds. And, uh. Uh, they saw the possibility of uh, profits for themselves in the sense of buying the uh, stock lower and then uh, driving the price up, as well as a David and Goliath story about small investors against the giant Wall Street uh, hedge funds. Well, basically, the plan worked. (laughs) Then these plans always work for a while. You know, this this reminds me of the, the pump the pump-and-dump uh, schemes that uh, uh, basically it was, a, in that case, in the case of the pump-and-dump, it was a criminal conspiracy where uh, a, a, a gang would uh, uh, set up a boiler room and uh, get some penny stocks and pump them up uh, to a higher price and then uh, let the whole thing collapse. So in this case, is more of a community activity where you push the value of these uh, uh, stocks up. And uh, since there's a lot of short interest, when the value of the stock goes up, you, you have all these uh, 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 orders, automatic orders that are in there that says, hey, if this stock goes up, then uh, buy it, you know, because uh, I've shorted it at 100 and uh, it's gone down to seventy, and now it's coming up again. So you're, you're, as it comes up, it's wiping out my profits. So then I gotta close out my short. Well, uh, what's happened here is that uh, uh, there was such a, a shortage, there were so many shorts on these stocks that that the price has gone up to the point of uh, over. Uh, in the case of uh, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, GameStop. Uh, they went up from twenty twenty dollars a share to over three hundred dollars a share, and uh, basically by Wednesday uh, they were up to three hundred dollars a share. They showed a huge profit, uh, and uh, then uh, suddenly the uh, it tanked uh, because Robinhood, which is the usually which is the preferred. Uh, favorite uh, brokerage for the day traders—they uh, restricted purchases. Uh, and uh, but then, then Thursday, it, Wednesday it went up. Thursday it collapsed, and then Friday, uh, Robinhood and the other um, short-term uh, uh, brokerages—they started opening up uh, purchases again for uh, GameStop and several other uh, companies like uh, uh, AMC. Uh, entertainment. So what's happened is that the rest of the stock market watched this going on and said, oh, my Lord, what's happening here? Hey, this, you know, this is uh, it, it, it basically you can you can it, it's known as a, as a uh, short squeeze. And uh, if there's enough uh, interest in shorting that particular stock, what happens is that there's very little stock left to buy to cover your shorts if you if you've uh, sold the stock you've got the money in your account and all you have to do is watch the stock go down and then when it gets down to a certain point you buy it and the difference between what you sold it at and what you bought it back again is your profit well uh, when uh, uh, when you got so many shorts there's very little uh, stock left to buy to be able to cover your shorts. I think, I think in the case yeah. of in a case of uh, what is it, uh, GameStop? I think they had a hundred percent of the uh, stock that was in motion. So uh, to me, it was one of those things where uh, the the crowd got into it in terms of uh, this Reddit crowd, this uh, uh, Wall Street bet. And uh, what you saw was things moving up and down, and uh, uh, basically, everybody has to be aware that these things generally don't end well. Uh, you, you know if you if you watch what happens, typically it's like the uh, old faithful it uh, uh, it erupts and it and it goes up in the air, and basically there's nothing behind it. After that, and it just collapses. So we'll see what happens to these. Uh, we'll see what happens. See what the government is doing. I haven't seen any interaction from the SEC. The politicians have been talking about it a lot, but uh, I look at it and and uh, from the viewpoint of we've seen it before, and what'll happen now I think uh, is that uh, uh, the stock prices have gone up and. Uh, there really isn't a foundation for um, uh, these high stock prices. The earnings are not there. Now, there is a small possibility that this, uh, these companies that have been shorted, they could uh, issue more stock and essentially make at these high prices and pay off their debts and kind of get well. But That's a that's a long shot in terms of uh, what generally happens. What generally happens is that uh, suddenly, when the buying stops, uh, the stock collapses, and that that's basically the lesson I think that the people will see uh, as as weeks go by. So, to me, it's a matter of uh, of uh, being surprised and being startled by the purchasing power uh, of a crowd on the uh, Internet. So uh, I think it'll end poorly, and uh, that'll be a lesson to uh, basically a lesson in life. So um, the other thing that brought down uh, the uh, stocks was the continuing coronavirus pandemic. And that that's, virus is still controlling and restraining our lives. But the number of new cases, there's some good news there. The number of new cases and deaths is gradually falling. And the number of uh, new daily cases has dropped from about 240,000 cases per day uh, immediately after the holidays to about 170,000 cases per day. Now, and the number of deaths, while remaining at approximately 4,000 a day, is expected to fall soon. And uh, uh, you're seeing a lot of progress in uh, the vaccines. Again, uh, Pfizer and uh, Pfizer-BioNTech, that's one vaccine, uh, they're going to deliver 200 million doses by the end of May. Uh, Moderna, who's another one, uh, they're going to produce and deliver 200 million doses by the end of June. And the federal government has exercised their options for $100 more from each one of the suppliers. So basically, we're talking about uh, having something like 600 million doses by the end of the summer. And then uh, Johnson & Johnson has come along with another vaccine. And uh, theirs has a different process than the one used by Pfizer and Moderna. And uh, uh, where Pfizer and Moderna are approximately ninety percent uh, effective, this uh, Johnson and Johnson is sixty six percent effective. But it uh, it there's only one shot, and uh, it doesn't have to have the constant care in terms of transport and and uh, uh, conditioning that the uh, Moderna and the uh, Pfizer Vaccines require so uh, it would be a good it would be a good vaccine to have in in this case of uh, uh, where you have different variants and uh, you got a South African uh, strain of this uh, virus and then you got a Great Britain strain and the more viruses the more vaccines you have uh, the, the better prepared you are for anything alsostro also AstroZeneca. uh that was recently approved in the European Union and the u k so uh, there's enough vaccines that are coming online and it looks as if the the uh, the critical path is the uh, uh inoculation uh the uh, uh the shots given in the arm, and basically what we have to do there, and I mentioned it last week, was we have to pick up the pace. Well, right now we're, we're giving 1.3 million shots per day in the United States. we got to get that up to uh, somewhere around 2. Uh, 2.6 million or maybe even close to 3 million shots a day. Uh, the faster the better. The only thing that should constrain The number of shots you've been given in one day is the the supply, and the supply looks like it'll be moving along somewhere close to 2.5 million uh, doses a day, too. So in case of uh, of, uh, Ohio, Ohio, we have uh, 11.6 million people, and the goal is is, uh, vaccinating the population, 80% of the population. With two shots each, would require a step up from the present average of 42,500 shots per day to 96,700 shots per day. That's a little over twice the present case of vaccinations, but uh, that's doable uh, considering that, hey, we, we can, you know, in the case of voting, uh, you can do six six million people in one day. So, Ohio should be able to pick it up to uh, close to a hundred thousand in one day. In terms of the 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 other parts of the economy that are are, uh, uh, we have to concern ourselves with uh, U.S. uh, U.S. household incomes and outlays. uh, You know that's been uh, showing that the economy is moving up, and uh, all this uh, stimulus. The increase in uh, uh, COVID, the coronavirus, since the start of October, and the increase in the uh, uh, state and government mandated restrictions and shortdowns, uh, shutdowns, is putting a a break on the recovery. As according to the U.S. Department of Commerce and their personal incomes and outlays, and they indicate that uh, U.S. household income Rose for the first time in three months as a new round of government aid kicked in, and that's uh, uh, priming the economy for stronger growth this year. And uh, once the uh, pandemic recedes and the businesses finally reopen, so household incomes, which means the uh, what we receive from wages, investment returns, and government aid programs, both climbed. Six tenths of a percent in December from November, and the rise uh, partly reflected the federal aid programs where you got enhanced unemployment benefits that kicked in at the end of the year. End of the year, you also have uh, income is expected to rise further this quarter as the government distributes uh, further stimulus checks of six hundred dollars to most households and. Uh, The Biden administration was talking about another uh, $1.9 trillion uh, fiscal stimulus, which would add another uh, $1,400 on top of the $600 uh, to uh, the uh, citizens. And uh, uh, so there was more money in the system in December, but the consumer uh, spending fell two-tenths of a percent last month. And that's basically, uh, uh due to this, uh, shutdowns and, uh, uh people are, uh, uh, have spent their money on cars. People are spending their money on houses, uh, the, uh, government aid programs and, uh, rising house uh, values in the booming stock market have put households on a solid footing. And, uh, Basically, right now the the households are saving at those who do have a job and those who uh, uh, have employment. Those are saving at approximately thirteen point seven percent of their take home pay. So, uh, weak household spending is one big reason the economic recovery lost uh, momentum in the fourth quarter, uh, growing at an annual rate of four percent compared to the third quarter's uh, 33.4% on an annual growth rate. So as far as the spending is concerned and as far as the income is concerned, there's more money in this uh, system with these uh, 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 government uh, fiscal stimulus programs. There's more money there than there was before the stimulus, before the uh, coronavirus. Uh, how it gets to the individuals is another story. Uh, is it going to the right people? Probably not. Um, it, the, uh, the impact, the, uh, the start of this whole thing was to get the money out there and get the programs out there as fast as possible. So uh, another thing we look at is uh, the monetary stimulus. And monetary stimulus comes from the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve held their Federal Open Market Committee meeting uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, basically, uh, they came out with a steady as she goes. We're going to proceed as planned, and uh, they're going to keep their easy money policies in place. Um, they say that uh, business activity has softened. Uh, because of the uh, surge in the COVID-19 cases. Uh, but uh, they're relying upon the, uh, the, the rollout of the vaccines to take care of that and heal the economy. Until then, uh, they intend the Federal Reserve intends to boost economic activity as much as it can. So basically what they're doing is keeping interest rates, uh, particularly short-term Fed rates, down near zero. And uh, they're also using a bond purchase program of $120 billion a month, uh, $80 billion of uh, U.S. treasuries and $40 billion of uh, mortgage-backed securities from Fannie and Freddie. And uh, they're going to maintain these measures until they start to see low unemployment and uh, lower unemployment and 2% inflation. Uh, so that's opposed to what they did in the, uh, after the 2008 crisis where every time the economy came back a little bit, the federal reserve would increase their interest rates and kind of, uh, slow down what was basically a, a recovery that was barely starting. Uh, this time they say they're going to keep the pedals of the metal until, uh, the inflation gets up above uh, 2%. According to their Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, uh, quote, following a sharp rebound in economic activity last summer, the pace of the recovery has moderated in recent months with the weakness concentrated in the sectors of the economy most adversely affected by the resurgence of the virus and by greater social distancing, unquote. So, the um, central bankers, uh, the Federal Reserve, thinks that the uh, setback is temporary and they have no intention of pulling back from their policies until the economy, and in particular the job market, has fully recovered. Uh, he then went on and said there are people out there who have lost their jobs. It's essentially we get them back to work as quickly as possible. So, uh, what they're looking at is after. Uh, Uh, Looking at 2020, federal officials are now watching to see the effects of their low interest rates and their bond buying and uh, their economic projections, uh, hopefully, that the U.S. output will grow at 4.2 percent in 2021. And the unemployment rate will drop to 5 percent by the end of 2021. from 6.7% that it was in December. And the the Federal Reserve sees the jobless rates falling to 4.2% at the end of 2022. So the Federal Reserve is basically on board to uh, keep the interest rates low. That gives the corporations um, access to uh, cheap uh, money, which they've been uh, scooping up, all your big companies are flush with cash right now with these low interest rates. And the question is, when are they going to really uh, get rolling in terms of uh, factories and things of this nature? And you're starting to see it already in terms of uh, equipment purchases and machinery purchases and fabrication. You're starting to see this... uh, in the big corporations already, in the anticipation of uh, the recovery, the, the real start of the recovery in the spring. So, and the Federal Reserve and the, and the federal government is also doing their thing with $4 trillion worth of stimulus last year. And basically, they're talking about another $1.9 trillion uh, possibly coming up. It's not a done deal yet. And uh, it might string out for another few months. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's 1 888 281 1110. That's 1 888 281 1110. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
2: Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again? 440-647-2793 Four four zero six four seven two seven nine three. Now back to more get rich slow.
0: Welcome back to Give It Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll free number is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Yeah, we were talking originally in the, in the show about this. Um, um, oh, the what would you call it? The uh, short squeeze, you know, where uh, the. Uh, community the internet community in this uh chat room at uh, reddit who was at uh, uh wall street bets uh, has really shown the the buying power uh, that can be focused on a single stock by this uh, organization or by this group not an organization but a group of uh, of uh, uh, day traders so uh to me it's something that uh, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on in terms of where it's focused right now they're focusing on, uh, companies that have everybody has noted that they have a lot of, uh, uh, short interest in these particular companies. Uh, uh, some of the, I, I don't recall some of the companies, but, uh, uh, some of them are, are companies that you recognize. So to me, it's a matter of, uh, I, I hope the, uh, I hope that it, it, uh, the phenomenon, call it the phenomenon, uh, runs its course soon. Uh, my advice to anybody involved in it would be, uh, if you made a profit, uh, get out of it, because, uh, once it gets up to the, uh, a certain point and you don't know, nobody knows uh, how high that it could go. Uh, once that happens, uh, it'll be like old faithful. And it'll just collapse. So take your money and run. So uh, let's talk about some of the good things that's happening in the economy. One is the, uh, the housing market. Uh, it's been hot. And, uh, the people are used to. People are wanting to get out of the cities. They want to get to a place where they have more room, more yard room, more house room. Uh, where you have uh, students attending class on the internet and people working from home, and people are really starting to look at their homes and saying, "Hey, I, I, uh, I really want to do something here." And it's ending with. Uh, uh, projects, and uh, home home repair projects, as well as buying new homes. So uh, the idea here is that people are moving out of the city into the suburbs, and uh, low interest rates are really helping this process go along. So what you saw was that uh, new home construction uh, has been on fire, uh, for example, for uh, single-family homes uh was up twenty two point eight percent uh starts were up twenty two point eight percent in December from a year earlier and the twelve month uh, uh, comparison of two thousand and twenty to two thousand and nineteen starts were up eleven point seven percent uh so those are in, that's in spite of the shutdown in March and april. So there is a tremendous demand there, the demand for housing and and the scarcity uh, of existing homes is causing the new homes to be, uh, um, you know, very competitive. In December, the sale of new single-family homes increased 1.6% above the November pace, but it was also 15.2% higher than December a year earlier. And there basically the virus has been spreading faster as winter approaches and people are spending more time indoors and home prices have been increasing at the rate of, in some cases on the West Coast, uh, like 15% uh, a year. And uh, uh, certainly the demand has been uh, strong so far this year. For instance, uh, uh, this year, in terms of uh, single-family homes, we saw uh, 811,000 homes uh, uh, built in versus uh, 683,000 in uh, 2019, for a increase of 18.8 uh, percent. In addition, home prices continue to increase. Uh, what you're seeing is the median uh, single-family home price in December was three hundred and fifty-five thousand nine hundred dollars. That's for a new single-family home. Of course, it doesn't tell you how many square feet they are. It doesn't tell you how big the lot is. But what you're seeing is the builders are focusing on where the money is. So uh, if you're taking a look at a house. Uh, New home, less than two hundred thousand. Uh, there's only the sales are only one percent of the uh, housing community, whereas thirty one percent of the homes sold were in the two hundred to three hundred thousand category, thirty three percent were in the three hundred to four hundred thousand dollar category, and twenty percent were in the four hundred to five hundred thousand dollar category. So you basically see that sixty four percent or sixty five percent of the homes sold new homes were in the two hundred to four hundred thousand dollar uh category so that, that's basically where you would expect it to be in terms of the builder wants to get the biggest bang for the buck and the the uh the more expensive home uh there's less uh uh, worry about mortgages and things of this nature because generally uh, those people are wealthier people. Uh, let's take a look at the... Uh, at the uh, let's let's go to the phones right now. Hello, this is Jim McAleese. Can I help you this morning?
1: Good morning, friends, Romans and McAleese. Lend me your ears. <laughs> oh, John, how are you? I tell you, when you say we are talking about the home... But I think the glass house on Wall Street has been broken, I think, yesterday, the day before, right?
0: No, no, no. It's uh...
1: no, no. I'm just being silly because after yeah. all, some people have a skin in the game. I know what skin in the game <laughs> means now. <laughs> and also, if Grubhub's if market value is more than the food or the market value of Pizza Hut, there's something wrong, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, they, what you're seeing is that... Uh uh when they have a short squeeze, it gets it gets kind of uh hairy uh because they have to uh get the they have to buy the stock back and uh uh if they can't find the stock to buy back the stock uh prices are increasing so <laughs> Oh, the, I don't
1: want to go old, is not gold always. And the specialist is the only heart failure. You're a specialist these days. And mark, market maker is when you meet the maker in, at the end of the day, end of the journey. <laughs> I mean, it, it's sad. Too much information there, too so much misinformation <laughs> there. The old days. <laughs> I mean, when I say all day, I'm not looking for the nostalgic trip because I don't want to do a naval gazing because my umbilical was cut when I was born. So mm-hmm. it's sad that we don't have the analytics are wonderful, but if the numbers game after a while serves only the exaggerated exuberance, you may recall that? Mm-hmm. Our oh, Federal Reserve Chairman one time said that. I mean, fundamentals don't ever forget the foundation and the functionality of any market
0: those are those are words of wisdom John don't forget the fundamentals okay thank you very much. keep up the good work all right you have a good weekend you know the the whole thing about the, the, uh the uh gamestop and the and the rest of the companies that were hit with the shorts uh uh to me, it's a, it's a question of uh, how much uh, buying power they uh, they can be generated from the internet of a group of people that are uh, looking to apply that buying power to one stock. So, to me, it's uh, it's not a case where it affects the entire stock market. It's just uh, basically add volatility uh, to the stock market and. Uh, we saw that on uh, Friday when the uh, stocks basically the Standard and poor, which you know is the uh, the uh, capital uh, the index of the five hundred leading companies in the united states uh the Standard and poor five hundred closed down three point three percent on Friday at uh, thirty seven three thousand seven hundred and fourteen point two four now uh not that this this uh GameStop is is directly affecting the rest of the stock, but uh it's introducing some volatility into the uh, into the system, which hopefully will dissipate before too long so uh getting back to uh where we are at in terms of the uh uh home prices and stuff like that one of the places we look to uh, look at home prices is the case Schiller Home Price Index. And they've been around for about uh, uh, 35 years. And uh, basically what they showed is that, uh, uh, and what they do is take a look at uh, 20 areas, or 20 metropolitan areas in the United States and Cleveland is one of them. And, uh, uh, what they've shown in uh, uh, this latest report is for November. And what it shows is that the Cleveland home prices are up uh, 9.8% over the last 12 months. Uh, that's, again, a case of demand. Uh, taking a look at other areas in the country, uh, we see that uh, Denver is up 8.1% and Washington is up 9. percent uh, one percent. So, if we take a look at the composite of the twenty areas, we see that the uh, over the over uh, the uh, nation, uh, the prices have gone up at about nine point five percent. But there are examples of places that are going uh, uh, higher. For instance, Seattle is at twelve point seven percent. Uh, San Francisco, which has been on the tear, uh, is lower than Cleveland right now at 8.3%. That means the increases uh, to meet San Francisco prices are just stratoscope, you know, they're up in the stratosphere. Uh, Tampa is uh, up uh, 9.5% over the last uh, year. And what we're seeing there, according to their uh, Craig Lazara, who is the managing director and global head of the uh, index investment strategy, he says that the trends of accelerating home prices that began in June of 2020 have now reached its sixth month with November's emphatic report. Uh, the National Composite Index gained five, 9.5% relative to a year ago, accelerating from October's 8.4 percent the 10- and 20-month city composites of 8.8 percent and 9.1 percent respectively also rose more rapidly in November than they had done in October. And the housing market strength was once again broadly based. All 19 cities in which we have
2: November
0: uh, data rose and all 19 gained more in the 12 months ending in November than they had gained in the 12 months ending in October. So prices are going up and they appear to be mm-hmm. accelerating. As COVID, uh, 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 quote, as COVID related restrictions began to grip the economy last spring, uh, their effect on home prices was unclear. Uh, Price growth decelerated in May and June before beginning a steady climb upward. Uh, November's report continues that acceleration in a particularly impressive manner. Uh, The national composite last matched this month 9.5% growth in February of 2014, more than six and a half years ago. From the perspective of more than 30 years of standard and poor case shiller data, uh, November's nine point four, nine point five percent year over year change ranks near the top uh, decile of monthly reports. So, what you're seeing is that the home prices are going up. Uh, These are existing home prices, and of course, we just considered the the new home prices—that's uh, that's are also, those are also going up. And if you take a look at the uh, uh, the GDP, in other words, the national economy, in terms of uh, goods that are sold, goods and services, uh, in spite of the virus, the U.S. economy continues to recover in the fourth quarter. The recently released uh, Department of Commerce. Gross domestic product for the fourth quarter, and also comparing 2020 to 2019, uh, the gross domestic product, the value of all goods and services produced across the economy, rose at a rose at a four percent seasonal and inflation-adjusted annual rate in the sixth quarter, in the in the final quarter. That's in spite of the uh, uh, surge of a coronavirus that started in October. And the uh, real story from Thursday's GDP report, which showed a remarkable resilient economy amidst the worst of the pandemic, is that the 4% growth followed the rebound of 33.4% in the third quarter. The economy shrank by 3.5% for all of 2020, but the nominal GDP in the fourth quarter rose to uh, $21.48 trillion, and that's nearly back to the $21.75 trillion in the fourth quarter of 2019. So that recession or depression that people had, uh, had feared in the spring and uh, basically was averted. In other words, the economy. It's basically in two parts. One part is that's subject to the uh, coronavirus, and uh, that's the theaters and the sports events and the restaurants and the uh, uh, travel and hospitality. Uh, that part of the economy is basically uh, at a standstill and, uh, and it basically has been beaten to the ground, and that, be, that part won't be coming back until after the, uh, maybe in the summertime when the effects of the vaccines and uh, conquering this COVID are evident. But the rest of the economy, which is a major part of the economy, is coming back in a V-shaped recovery. So uh, the economy entered uh, 2021 with a decent momentum and is poised to expand rapidly this year as the vaccines rollout proceeds, and, uh, and states uh, stop their uh, lockdowns on businesses. So what you're seeing here is that the details underscore the case for optimism. Uh, private business investments provided most of the growth with a 25.3% surge. Residential construction rose 33% as the housing boom continues. Uh, uh investment in equipment and machinery also increased uh, 25%. So what you're seeing is a lot of uh, uh, good news with regard to the uh, economy. And basically, the federal stimulus programs and the monetary stimulus programs from the Federal Reserve are also keeping uh, the economy on a steady uh, steady level as it, as it, uh, we get through this COVID situation. So I expect things to uh, start to get better sometime in basically in the spring when basically people can see the effect of the vaccines and they can look forward to um, a recovery and look forward to uh, spending the money in terms of uh, they, that they've saved uh, by not going to the restaurants and not traveling and and uh, uh, not going to the theater, sporting events. Um, sooner or later, that money will start to burn a hole in people's people's pockets. And basically, at that particular point in time, you're going to see a, a lot of optimism and a lot of uh, uh, confidence in uh, both the consumers as well as the companies. At that point, things will really take off. Um, this is Jim McAleese. Uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free toll free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. 281 1110 Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get This Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Colleen, did we see a... a we did. We a...
2: did have a question. Lenny was listening earlier and, and, and when you spoke about people are remodeling their houses um, at a fast pace. And he said they want to remodel um, his their kitchen and was wondering, would a home equity loan or a personal loan be a better option uh, to look into? Which one?
0: Oh, okay. Uh, either one. You know, home equity loans and personal loans have both worked well. In and in, you got a remodeling project going on. Um, both have fixed interest rates and fixed monthly payments that you can uh, basically plan on and say, okay, okay. Uh, uh, in general, right now, you're in a a uh, low interest rate environment, so for the rates should be good for either one. Uh, the The personal loan will will cost you a little bit more. It'll be a higher interest rate than the home equity.
2: Uh, the home
0: equity uh, loans they allow you, let you borrow against the value in your home and use it basically as collateral. So. Uh, And you might be able to write off the interest you pay on your uh, home equity loan, you know, because the IRS says that the uh, uh, interest is still deductible if you use your uh, loan to buy, build, or substantially improve your home, you know. So uh, the fact that you're putting your home up as collateral means that uh, in the Outlying cases that you could lose your property to foreclosure if you stop paying for your uh, home equity loan for any period of time. Uh, But uh, uh, let's say uh, you don't want to use your home equity loan, you go you go use a personal loan. They also have uh, fixed monthly payments and fixed interest, and uh, uh, they don't require you to put your house up as collateral. And so uh, your borrowing isn't tied to your home equity, how much equity you have in your house. And uh, a, uh, a good reason to consider a personal loan is that typically it's a lot less paperwork involved. You don't have to prove the value of your home and, and things of this nature. So uh, the downside is you can't uh, deduct the interest. Uh um, they also come with a slightly higher uh, interest rate because the uh, home equity loans are uh, are using the uh, collateral, whereas the personal loans, uh, they're not using the home as uh, uh, collateral. They're unsecured loans. So no matter what you do, what you do is just uh, uh, take the time to compare your loan options in terms of... Uh, not just the interest rates, but the fees and uh, repayment timelines and things of this nature, and whether you can uh, pay early and stuff like that. So make sure you know all the details before you get involved. But uh, either one, either one of them will fit your purpose. And uh, uh, you, you should be in this low interest rate. You should be in good shape. So this is Jim Magalies. Uh, let's go to the phones now. Hello, this is Jim Bagley. Can
2: I help you? Uh, hi, yes. Uh, since this new administration going back to the old Obama policies, you know, things weren't that great. And mm-hmm. I was wondering um, how is this going to help uh, or what is this going to do to our economy in the future as far as interest rates as well as what do you think of the uh, Janet Yellen as the uh, Federal Reserve head? Her policies think, uh, and her governing.
0: Yeah, let me let me answer the second question first about Janet Yellen. Uh, you know, she has uh, uh, she was involved heavily in the Federal Reserve and was the chief of the chairperson of the Federal Reserve after Ben Bernanke. So in the last crisis, 2008-2009, uh, Ben Bernanke was the head of the Federal Reserve, and then. He stepped out, and she took over, so she's got a, a lot of experience in how the Federal Reserve operates. Now, uh, she moves to a different side of the House, and it's a big uh, operation. The Treasury has about 80,000 people, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, she, she has a lot of friends, both in the administration as well as in the— uh, uh the uh, federal Reserve her biggest problem is not going to be now it's going to be uh later but right now you mentioned about the economy the economy uh will get in good will be in good shape it's it's coming up it's recovering money is flowing everywhere it's flowing from the federal reserve it's flowing from the federal government. Things are going to be good for a while, but sooner or later, or I say uh, three or four years down, three or four years down the road, things are going to tighten up. At that point, then you're going to see the differences and uh, how they handle them. You, right now enjoy it for the next uh, so okay, we got about a nice That's
2: ride for about two years before all these uh, policies start to take effect and tighten up our economy again.
0: Yep. Yep, that's about it. Okay.
2: All right. You thank good...
0: you. All right. In 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 terms of uh, of uh, staying ahead of the game, right now things look good. Uh, when things tighten up, uh, then Janet Yellen is going to have a uh, issue with regard to telling the administration that hey, uh, you got to start raising taxes because the uh, Federal Reserve can't. Uh,
2: Uh, work
0: with all this uh, extra load on it. So, uh, to me, uh, we'll see how it works. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. It's cold out there today. It's 16 degrees. It feels like seven. It is not a good time to be outside. So, this morning, let's just sit back, relax, and uh, think about life in general. Here's a list of life's lessons written by a 90-year-old. <laughs> I don't know. These are, these are lessons learned in life. And uh, I found this article in the Plain Dealer years ago. And it goes like this. Life isn't fair, but it's still good. When in doubt, just take the next small step. I agree with that. Don't jump in. Just ease forward. Life is too short not to enjoy it. Another one is it's okay to get angry with God. He can take it. Uh, Another one, when it comes to chocolate, resistance is futile. Uh, Another one is make peace with your past so it doesn't screw up your present. Uh, Don't Compare your life to others You have no idea of what their journey is all about. And another one is every everything can change in the blink of an eye. But don't worry, God never blinks. Another one is growing old beats the alternative, and that is dying young. And your children only have one childhood. If we threw all our problems in the pile and saw everybody else's, we'd grab ours back. And life isn't tied with a bow, but it's still a gift. And it's never too late to be happy, but it's all up to you and no one else. What you do in life is over prepare and then go with the flow. No one is in charge of your happiness but you. I hope one of these lessons will help you today. And until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe.
2: You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more Common Sense Finance Strategies for Financial Winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.